Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, February 20th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are. Beginning of another new week, a new week. I hope you enjoyed your President's Day. I hope you enjoyed your <clears throat> President's Day weekend. And I certainly hope you're ready for a big, fun-filled week. A fun-filled week. What happened over the weekend? What What did I did? I did basically nothing over this past weekend. I didn't do anything. I just uh, <clears throat> relaxed and and did nothing and kind of missed football. Football's gone, which means baseball is right around the corner. And summer is right around the corner. Boy, the people on the East Coast, my, my friends back in New York say there's been like no, there's been no winter there. It's been, it's been warm. It's been totally warm the entire winter. The first two months of winter, it's been way above normal. I think it's the first time there's been no snow in the month of January. Now almost February's gone and they may not get any snow at all. Very bizarre. While here out West, it's been very cold. On and off rainy. When it's rained, it's really rained. And it's been below normal temperatures most of the winter. So it was one of these, you know, the seesaw things, right? Where you have a, uh, when it's when it's warm in the east, it's cold in the west. When it's warm in the west, it's cold in the east. Right? It's like the seesaw. So <clears throat> it seems like the pattern this winter was cold west, warm east, which is pretty much predicted. Which is pretty much predicted. So um, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> when I was in New York, I liked the snow. I liked the idea of snow. I like the idea of a lot of snow in a big city because what happens is when you have a lot of snow in a big city, everything just like calms down, right? Everything gets very quiet. Everything gets very calm. And it's like when there's a major snowstorm in New York, it's, it's like a city of 9 million people is a city of 9 people. It really does. Everything's very quiet. The streets are empty. You wonder where did all the people go? And that's what I miss. I miss those those mega snowstorms in the East Coast, which just which just quiet the whole city down and turn it into a small small town for a while. That's one amazing thing about snow in big cities, and of course here in San Francisco, they they get all excited now because there might there might be some flurries. At a thousand feet. What does a thousand feet do for me? I'm at sea level. I'm in, I'm basically in the water here. I'm in the friggin' water. I'm like at zero. I'm at negative ten, minus ten feet below the sea. I'm not going to see any snow. You know, I remember. I'll get to, I'll get to the main stuff. Don't worry. I'll get to the main stuff in a minute. Now, uh, it's a, we have a whole week to talk about uh, things that make your uh, blood pressure go up and your uh, and your acid reflux kick in. But um, I remember this was about oh boy, ten years ago. 10, 12 years ago, uh, I hadn't lived here yet. I was visiting. And I remember it was like January or February. <laughs> and it was particularly, it was like what's coming up now, this week in San Francisco, a very, a very big cold snap with precipitation. So I remember, I, I remember one night I'm watching the news and they're getting all excited. And I'm wondering, what the hell can they be excited about weather-wise here? Well, the temperatures were so low and there was a cell. It was a precipitation cell that was moving. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, folks, they literally spent like hours 
focusing on this one little blob. It was like a light green blob that was about the size of, well, it would have passed through in 10 minutes. That's how big it was. And the, the, the meteorologist was actually, or the weatherman, I should say, was actually watching it, following it. And we're following this little blob of green as it heads towards the city. And he said, there it is. That's going to give us our first snowstorm, our first snowstorm, our first snowfall in 50 years. Here it comes. It never happened. Well, it didn't happen in the city. What happened was like in Twin Peaks, which is the highest part of the city, you had to go to the overlook. You had to go like to the top of, you had to go like to a, a, a needle at the top of Twin Peaks, where of course no one lives. And there were some flurries and a dusting and it, and it disappeared in like five minutes. And that was what the whole newscast was. The whole newscast was blob that never really did much of anything. And so since then, I've not gotten very excited about the prospects of, I think the last time it snowed in San Francisco where it actually snowed in the city was I think 77, 78. So that's <laughs> a long time. So I'm not, I'm not holding my breath here. All right. So <clears throat> a few people come into the room here. We're going to, Start talking. Look, I, I, I put a headline of this show, and it's fake war follows a fake pandemic. Now, if we're going to compare, I think there's a lot to compare with the Ukraine war and COVID. I think there is. And you're saying, come on, Mike, one's a, one's a cold and one's a war. <laughs> How can you compare those two things? Apples and oranges, baby. What's wrong with you, Mike? Well, no, I think there are a lot of actually legitimate comparisons. And... The biggest one is the fear and hysteria that the that the legacy media builds up and many politicians. Right. And the fear and hysteria around covid was that everyone was going to die. Right. They they lied to us. They lied to us three years ago. It wasn't 30 years ago. It wasn't 300 years ago. It was less than three years ago, actually. They lied to us and said that the death rate was going to be the two five percent. If we're going to be optimistic, it'll be three percent mortality rate. And so that means three to four very hundred people who get this are going to die. That's what they said. If you don't remember, Google it. Go on the Google machine, March, April 2020. That's what many, quote unquote, experts said. There were sane people who, like Johns Hopkins University who said, no, 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 no. But no, there were many official experts who were quoted by the legacy media and politicians as saying that three to five every hundred people just people. They didn't talk about elderly. They didn't talk about this. They didn't talk about three, three to five. Every hundred people were going to die. If a hundred people got it, three to five people out of that group were going to die. Now that made everyone hysterical as it should, as it should. But of course that was never the case. They lied. They lied. There were people like myself who knew they were lying, who said, no, this can't be, it's not going to happen. And it didn't. So, they lied, they, but they got everyone on board, right? With the, we got to lock down, we got to go, we got to shelter in place, shelter in place, get under the tables, get under your tables, put your masks on. They got us everyone crazy because everyone's thinking, oh my God, every hundred people, five can die. I'm going to die. My parents are going to die. My grandparents, are gonna, I'm going to know my friends are going to be dead next week. Come on. This is what people thought about three years ago to this date. So that's what they did. They, they, they beat the drums of death. The war at the time, they actually said that. Some people said this is a war. COVID is a war, right? They actually said that. So I'm not comparing it to other wars. They are. They did. They called it a war. Now, fast forward to all the lies. Three years later, all the lies. It was all bullshit. 
Um, that's why I called it a fake pandemic. It, it might have been a real cold. It might have been a real flu, but it was a fake pandemic. It wasn't pandemic. It didn't pan out to be a real pandemic. Like the five in 100 people dying, like they said, was going to happen. So you fast forward now and you go, well, a year ago, almost a year ago to the date, the one year anniversary of the Ukraine conflict. So what would people now? This is only a year into this. So there are still people saying this. That if we don't stop Russia, right, this this was the biggest <clears throat> argument in favor of us giving them $75 billion and being really involved in this real skin in the game was that we're going to get, the Americans are going to get it. If we allow Putin, if we allow the evil supervillain Putin from a, from a superhero movie villain to take over Ukraine, aha, I have taken over Ukraine. That's my best Russian, sorry. I am now going to take over Poland, and I'm going to take over France, and I'm going to come to the United States. This is what they had people believing, and they still do. I still hear it. If we don't show the bully that he has to stop now, he'll continue to take over the rest of the world. Now, the biggest problem with that, well, there were about 35,000 problems with that. Just like I saw 35,000 problems with the COVID hysteria, I see 35,000, 40,000 problems with this argument. One is that if you go into Poland, that clicks the Article 5 thing, and it becomes many, many nations against Russia. It's not just Ukraine against Russia. It's not just the United States money. It's, it's, it's several nations. It's many, it's 20, 30 nations in the military against Russia. Putin might be um, a little off, but he's not that insane. The second biggest problem with that whole argument is at the same time, these people are telling us his military is so inept and so overblown that they can't even beat Ukraine. How the fuck is he going to beat Poland and the rest of the world? How is he going to take if he can't even take over Ukraine right in a year's time? How is he going to take over Poland and the rest of Europe? The argument is so stupid. It is so fucking flawed and dumb. It is so fucking stupid. That it's hard to wrap my mind around how anyone listens to that crap and takes it seriously. So we know this is all bullshit. This begins and ends with Ukraine, period. But they can't say that. They can't say the truth. Just like they couldn't say COVID was a cold or a bad cold or a flu or a bad flu. They can't say Putin begins and ends in Ukraine because then Americans and the rest of the world would say, fuck Ukraine. Who gives a shit? Rightfully so. We have too many problems. If everything was fine here and there was no chance of this uh, starting World War Three, okay, starting World War Three, and World War Three could start without any involvement with Poland, without Putin ever getting past Ukraine, just simply with China now getting involved. Do you see? As Trump rightfully said, the China-Russia coalition is the most dangerous thing. And people said he was crazy. But now you see China getting involved, and then we get involved with China, and we fight China, and we all, and it becomes World War III without Putin ever having to step into Poland. So all the problems with this, all the reasons we shouldn't be giving them any money, we shouldn't be involved, on top of the fact that the whole thing is overblown. Did you see... First of all, this I'm talking about this, as you know, because the feeble one went there, right? The feeble one went into, it was a surprise visit 
He loves old people like surprises. So he went to the Ukraine and it was a surprise. No one knew he was going you know, so. so he was there. It was a surprise thing. There was no surprise visit to East Palestine, by the way. They'll go to the Ukraine and Palestine, but there'll be no visit to East Palestine. So Biden goes to, to Ukraine before East Palestine and says, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you that, Jack. Half billion more, Jack. We're going to give you more more guns, Jack. We're going to help your pensions, Jack. Pensions, Jack. We're going to help the Polish pensions of the Ukrainian people. Mac, Jack, Jill, Joe. This guy's such a fucking idiot. When the people in East Palestine are suffering, people in this country are suffering. This country, his country that he's the president of, that he swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and this country. And he does neither. He shits on the country, shits on our people, and shits on the Constitution. So imagine you're in – I'm in San Francisco and this bothers me. Imagine being in East Palestine where you can't breathe the air, you can't drink the water, and this feeble old bastard goes to the Ukraine and talks about giving them another half billion on top of the billions he's already given them over the course of a fucking year's time. And what will the end result be? Just as I said with COVID and all these, all the mandates and what the end result would be, which is COVID would still go on forever and all the mandates would kill us, which they did. This is what will happen, as I've said for a year now. And now you're seeing article after article, expert after expert saying I'm right. That Ukraine will lose. In the end, Russia will get exactly what it wants. And whether it takes a year, a year and a half or 10 years, they're going to get what the fuck they wanted. Who cares how long it takes? And this bullshit argument of, well, Mike, no, no, the longer it takes, the more their military is going to be depleted and their soldiers are depressed and need psychotherapy. And that makes the Russian army weaker. Who cares? How does that help Mike Kachopoli? How does that help San Francisco? How does that help East Palestine? How does that help the homeless? How does that help crime in this country? How does it help people on welfare in this country? How does it help people put food on their table in this country? How does that help $9 a carton eggs in this country? How? It doesn't. So I don't give a shit if Biden has to spend, I'm sorry, if Putin has to spend a lot of money and, and sacrifice a lot of soldiers and they're demoralized. I don't care. How does that help the United States of America when this guy was not going to go into Poland, not going to take over Europe, not going to take over the world, not going to come to this country and take it over? How does it help us? All it does is hurt us because our inflation's up the wazoo. There's a recession around the corner, even worse than the one we're already in. And Biden, as usual, spending like a whore on a holiday, throwing money to the Ukraine while people in East Palestine are told to suck air, suck bad air and drink bad water. You know who is going to East Palestine? Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to East Palestine while the president goes to Ukraine. Will, will, will liberals even give that any thought at all? Any thought at all that Donald Trump is going to East Palestine while the actual current president, the former president is going to East Palestine, the current president is going to Ukraine? Biden denied FEMA going into East Palestine. They asked for FEMA's help and Biden said no. So Biden's not 
giving the resident the citizens of his own country help, but he's giving Ukrainians billions of dollars for this never-ending war. And another comparison I'm about to make to COVID. Hold that thought about never-ending, and and uh, helping their pensions, helping the pensions of the of the Ukrainian people. How about the pensions of the people in this country, you fool, you old shriveled-up old fool? How about our pensions? So, never ending, never ending. There's another comparison to COVID. There's your other comparison to COVID. What's the exit strategy? What's the end game? Where's the exit strategy or the end game when it comes to this war? We know all the U.S. is doing is prolonging this, right? They're feeding the machine. There's no need for the Ukrainian people. There's no, there's no need for Zelensky and, and to get together with Putin to come up with a, a peace agreement if we're continuing to give them billions and billions of dollars to continue fighting. If we continue to give them weapons and money, why shouldn't they just keep using those weapons and that money to keep this war going forever? What is the reason for peace? What is the, what, 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 is it, what does it get Zelensky? We have to force the peace process. We can force Zelensky to go to the table if we stop giving him money, if we stop enabling his war. But when you keep on giving them weapons and we keep on giving them money and we keep on giving them everything they want whenever he pouts in that stupid fucking jumpsuit he wears, jumpsuit he wears, then the war is going to go on forever. The war is going to go on forever. And isn't that what the war machine wants? Isn't that what the war machine wants? They want this war to go on forever. No exit strategy, just like COVID. Look, this is real simple. Zelensky wants never-ending war. Welensky wants never-ending COVID. Isn't that easy to remember? What a coincidence, Zelensky and Walensky. They're both full of shit. Zelensky wants never-ending war. It profits him. It keeps him in the spotlight. Walensky wants never-ending COVID. It profits her and Big Farm and her people and keeps her in the spotlight. Very easy to remember. For, for your tests, it's very it's easy to remember. They end in Elensky. Zelensky, never-ending war. Walensky, never-ending COVID. And that's the game here. And these are the comparisons, and I think they're very apt comparisons. And they're right on top of each other. They overlap, right? Two years into COVID, the Ukraine war started. Now COVID is kind of petering out and the Ukraine war is ratcheting up. And you have a president in Zelensky that wants World War III. He's always wanted World War. That's what he's wanted for the last year, World War III. That's what he wants. He's insane. And Biden is, is, is so out of it, such a feeble loser, such a weak, feeble old man that he's simply just buying into it. He's letting it all happen. He, he is enabling it. He's making it happen. World War III will happen because of Joe Biden. It will happen because of Joe Biden. There is zero justification 
for ever getting involved in this. There's zero justification for ever giving them a dime. The only reason why so many Americans were behind it is because of Trump derangement syndrome. This is Trump derangement syndrome combined with this is a this is a double. It's not really okay. I, Trump derangement syndrome a little bit, but a little bit yes, right? Because there was there was this thought you know, the the left wing believed Trump was in bed with with Putin, right? They believed the Russia, Russia, Russia. So, but there's also that toxic mix of Putin derangement syndrome (PDS), not to be confused with PSD. PDS, Putin derangement syndrome, where there's been this ratchet up by the left, mostly, and somewhat the right also, this hatred for Russia, this incredible hatred for Russia, and this making Putin this, this supervillain who must be destroyed. So yes, destroy the supervillain. Don't let him take over Ukraine. Fight him. Fight him. It's all very black and white. There are no shades of gray. Putin is an evil villain, and Zelensky is the superhero is the superhero of the movie, right? He's the good guy. So it's the same game that the legacy media played with COVID. Just taking advantage of the naive American, naive Americana, naive, uniquely American, naive Americana, was that they just like, buy everything they're told. They buy everything they're fed by the establishment, by the big media machine, by the war machine. They have fed this very simplistic uh, movie script like garbage and they buy it. I truly do. Yeah, 10% of East Palestine to the big guy doesn't amount to much. That's true. You're right, Daniel. 10% of the East Palestine doesn't amount to anything. That's very true. But 10% of big farmers' profits, whoa. 10% of this war machine, whoa. We're talking huge money. Huge money. Maybe Biden does get 10% of everything. Maybe it's 10% to the big guy of everything. Not just Hunter's shady dealings. Maybe everything. Maybe he is getting 10% of big farmers' profits. Maybe he's getting 10% of the money we're sending to Ukraine. Who the fuck knows? It's a, pre it's a feeble-minded old president who simply buys into and feeds into the establishment war machine that's been going on forever in this country. The same war machine that killed JFK. You see, they don't, 60 years later, can you believe 60 years? They don't want to release the files. Why not? In fact, almost everyone is dead. Everyone, almost everyone associated with that is dead except Biden. Remember, Biden, this is how much, this is how long Biden has been infecting politics. It was only a few years after JFK was assassinated that Joe Biden went into that became a politician. Think about that. That's how long this guy's been around. A very long time. But they don't like it. The legacy media doesn't like it because more and more now, more and more now, we're seeing articles written. You see how more and more now we're seeing articles written about the truth about COVID and lockdowns and masking and vaccines and the real numbers of deaths and the real. See that 
that's what we're getting. We're starting to get now with the Ukraine stuff. We're getting articles written in the mainstream legacy media about how this is all bullshit and how this is very dangerous. It can lead to World War Three and how Ukraine is losing. They're still this is the other thing. They're still pushing the bullshit. They're still pushing the Baghdad Bob level bullshit that Ukraine is winning. Remember Baghdad Bob was talking and saying on camera how the U.S. was not there, how there were no tanks, and right behind him the tanks were rolling. Well, this is it. Just as Ukraine's being destroyed, they keep talking about how they're winning. They're winning. Yet many articles by real experts, by real experts who know what's going on on the ground, and aren't bought and sold by the legacy media, aren't owned by the legacy media or the war machine, are talking about Ukraine is absolutely, utterly losing the war and being destroyed. Being totally destroyed. This is an article, let's see, there's one in The Hill that was written. And it said, the war isn't over yet, but Ukraine has already lost. And there have been others. This is, this is not even the biggest. I was looking for the biggest one. I forgot where it was. Yeah, okay, well, this is a good one, too. This is not as direct as the the one I was reading over the weekend, but this is at the, at the Hill, written by uh, Andrew Latham. And this is, the war is not over yet, but Ukraine has already lost. The war is not over yet, but the outcome is already clear. Ukraine has lost. It pains me to say this, of course, Ukraine has fought a, a just war against an unjust, even barbaric aggressor, and the country has fought well indeed, not only to have the Ukrainians put up a bit of defensive fight, then was it generally expected in the run-up to the war, but they have taken the fight to an enemy, even pushing the Russians back on several fronts. But Ukraine has lost the war nonetheless. Why do I say this? Because at the end of the day, Russia will have imposed its will on Ukraine, while Ukraine will have achieved almost none of their goals, other than survival. It is pursuing on the battlefield and negotiating table. That Russia will end up imposing its will on Ukraine now seems beyond reasonable doubt. Despite suffering terrible casualties and embarrassing battlefield setbacks, Moscow has already forced Kyiv to concede that NATO membership and probably European Union membership too is a non-starter. Which is one of the things that, okay, now this article I'm looking was, was written several months ago, okay? But it's gotten worse since. It's gotten worse since. And also remember that Putin, as long as NATO loses, that's what he cares about. That's, that's, that's what he cares about. That, as, as that article just said, as long as NATO loses and the U.S. loses, he doesn't care that it took him longer and spent more money and that he lost more soldiers than he would have liked. He doesn't care about that. That's not what he cares about. We we're, we're, we we are on a totally different level that he's on than he's on. Okay, a totally different level, a totally different level. And there are many articles written. I'm talking about another article written just several months after the war started, saying that Ukraine's in worse shape than you think. 
Did you see what happened <laughs> that Biden shows up? There are actually reporters, even a CNN reporter by mistake, let the truth out. He said, well, I've been here five days now. There has not been one uh, uh, alarm going off, right? There's not been anything happening. There have been no bombings, nothing. Okay? No sirens. And yet, when Biden gets there, as soon as he walks out of the presidential palace, right, they, they, they set the alarm off. And it was all for effect. There was no bombing. They, put, they set the alarm off as Biden was walking out just for effect. Just to make it look like there was something happening. Just to make it look like there was incoming when there wasn't. It's all a show. It's a song and dance. It's a song and dance. This is the same song and dance, once again, we saw during COVID. The same song and dance, where they showed us things that weren't real for effect. Like the, like the, the freezers parked outside of New York City hospitals, like... People in China dropping dead and, and people in white suits swooping in to, to scoop them up. It's the same thing. It's a show. It's theater. It's theater of the absurd. Theater of the absurd. So... Once again, what is the end game? What is the end game? Biden has not explained the end game. That's another thing the feeble old man does. He doesn't come out and tell the American people, what's the end game here? What is it? What's victory, baby? Come on, Joe. Come on, Joey Amtrak, baby. What's victory look like? Can you show us what victory is? Can you tell us? Is there a blueprint for victory? Come on. Is there a blueprint for victory here, Eisenhower? The guy's no Eisenhower, that's for sure. Here's, a, here's the New York Post. This is more this is a, this is last week. This is last week. Ukraine losing large number of troops as it boasts about Russian casualties. Well, Ukraine has been boasting about taking out massive numbers of Russian soldiers, including a record day for casualties last week. Kiev has been losing a sangly number of its own troops. Western intelligence sources estimate that each side has suffered approximately 150,000 casualties since Russia launched its invasion a year ago. Norway's defense chief, General Eric Christensen, said last month on Norwegian television that the most recent intelligence suggested Ukraine has lost 100,000 troops and 30,000 civilians in the course of the war. Meanwhile, Christofferson said Russia had lost 108,000 soldiers who were either wounded, killed, or missing. Most recently, U.S. officials said Russian casualties are fast approaching 200,000. Both Kiev and Moscow regularly make claims about the total number of enemy casualties, though these figures are often seen as unreliable, no shit, by foreign intelligence. On Monday, Ukrainian officials claimed that over 5,000 Russian soldiers were killed, when the 155th Naval Infantry Troop stormed the coast, the coal mining town of Voldaher in late January. Using that blitz, Ukraine claimed soldiers killed the brigade's command staff and wrecked 130 pieces of equipment, including 36 tanks. Head of the United Press Center of the Tarvisky District of Ukrainian Defense Forces, they claimed Russian forces lost between 150 and 300 Marines a day. Last week, Ukrainian military boldly claimed Russian troops suffered the deadliest day of fighting yet. 
Those numbers for the total dead, okay. Uh, Russia has also claimed to have killed a large number of Ukrainian troops. In total, 30,000 to 40,000 Ukrainian civilians have lost their lives amid the conflict, AFP reported, citing Western resources. Ukrainian authorities have said at least 400 children have been killed. Despite the heavy losses, Christofferson said Russia will be able to continue the war for quite a long time. What worries me is whether Ukraine is going to be able to keep the Russian Air Force out of the war. This is what I talk about when I talk about like the little guy trying to stave off lawsuits, keep lawsuits going without money because the big guy has so much money and so many lawyers, they can keep it going forever and they outlast you. Well, it's the same thing with Russia and the Ukraine. They will outlast Ukraine. They've got more. They've got more. They're bigger and stronger. They will outlast Ukraine. And if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Putin's not going to care. He doesn't lose sleep over those numbers. He doesn't lose sleep over. It's almost like when we went into Iraq, right? And we thought they were going to be destroyed, right? But they don't get demoralized. And unlike American soldiers, they don't care if they die. They don't care if they don't see their families again. That's the difference. American soldiers want to go home. In the Middle East, those fighters didn't give a shit. They're suicide bomber. What's a suicide bomber? (laughs) By definition, they don't care. They're not going home. They got a cause, baby, and the cause comes before them. They're alive. They have the, those fucking virgins waiting for them. It's a whole different mindset, and we think everyone has our mindset, and Putin doesn't have our mindset, doesn't have the West mindset. If it takes 10 years, it'll take 10 years. What are we going to do, give them $18 trillion so they eventually lose anyway? What is the point of that? And in the process, starting World War III for a lost cause. How does this benefit the United States? How does it benefit us if if we get into World War III? Please tell me. It doesn't. Is the obvious answer. Once again, our asshole politicians and our asshole legacy media who are totally full of shit, will do more damage than if they did nothing. Another comparison to COVID. More damage than if they did nothing. If they just let the Russia-Ukraine thing play out, if they just let the virus play out, there have been fewer deaths, fewer casualties, less destruction than with the fucking games they play. I think the comparisons to COVID are endless. Endless. But yet, showing how stupid the American people are, they can fool them. They can do five or six similar things at the same time and fool the asshole, uniquely ignorant American public. In general, I know not you. Don't get defended. I'm not about you, not me. But look at the polls. They change a little bit, but it takes forever. Very few Americans can see. Hey, let me let me make this simple. Very few Americans can see the truth at the beginning. It takes a long. Even with Iraq, it took what two, three years, right? With COVID, two, three years. With this, a year, year and a half, two years later, maybe finally. But th- very few Americans. That's a problem. Very few Americans can see the truth at the beginning. And the problem is they can be fooled over and over again. Remember, fool me once, shame on me. Fool, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, or as George Bush said, fool me once, you can fool me again. You know, so it's like 
but you, American people, that doesn't, that doesn't apply. It's fool me as many times as you wish. I will be fooled forever. That's what gives me agita. How many times do they use the same playbook for a different story, the same playbook for a different game, and constantly fool the American people? Constantly fool the American people. And yet, look at what's going on in East Palestine. Here, this is the mayor's response. I love that mayor, by the way. He looks like he, he runs a softball league or a bowling tournament. He's, a, he's great, this guy. And, you know, the guy, is a, it's a town of 4,500 people. The, you know, I'm sure the, the mayor probably gets paid nothing or a few bucks a week. This guy wouldn't expect to be in the middle of this shit. Doesn't deserve this crap. East Palestine, Ohio mayor furious with Biden's Ukraine visit. That was the biggest slap in the face, he said. Trent Conway, mayor of East Palestine, tore into President Biden, accusing him of neglecting domestic responsibilities or giving away millions of dollars, well, billions of dollars, during a surprise visit to Ukraine. Conway has been vocal about his concern for residents after a train derailed and leaked dangerous chemicals, had strong words for the president when asked about the federal handing of the toxic spill as news that a president's surprise visit to Kiev circulated. That was the biggest slap in the face, Conway said, on Jesse Waters' primetime on Fox. That tells you right now he doesn't care about us. He can spend every he can send every agency he wants to. But I found out this morning that he was in Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there and not to us on President's Day in our country. I'm so furious. Biden's administration has come under fire how it handled the derailment after refusing to approve a FEMA disaster declaration, arguing that the crisis in East Palestine does not meet legal requirements for an official declaration, even though the agency has deployed resource to the city in, to aid in ongoing assessments as residents remain concerned about the air and water quality following the spill. Conaway and local residents have pleaded for more federal assistance, saying that resources on the ground have been insufficient. While East Palestine needs is much more expansive than what FEMA can provide, a Biden administration official told Fox News Digital, FEMA's on the front lines when there's a hurricane or tornado. This situation is different. Water from the city of East Palestine has been tested and is considered safe, but residents using well water have been encouraged to use bottled water. Hundreds of air samples from homes in the area indicated no present toxins. However, toxins remain, residents remain uneasy as noxious odors and reports of mysterious rashes even concerned about the area's safety. So he gives no money to East Palestine. He says this is it's a, it's a technicality. No, this is not technically a natural disaster. So this is not technically FEMA. So no 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 money for you. No no soup for you. But lots of soup for the Ukraine. Lots of soup for them. This is America last. It's simply America last. Hi, Mike. Were you aware of the uh, Rage Against the War Machine rally that went on this Sunday, on. this past say Sunday? Say that again. You were cut off at the beginning. Are you aware of the Rage Against the War yeah, Machine Yeah, yeah. I covered it on Friday. I talked about it on oh, Friday. Right. Yeah. I just uh, wanted to call in to reinforce your point about the disgusting mainstream media, I saw Rachel Maddow's quote-unquote coverage of it. Were you, did you see that? 
I can't stomach her, Andrew. I don't watch her anymore. <laughs> it's a good health decision. Yeah, yes, it is. I, I have to watch my health a little bit, you know? <laughs> right. You can indulge in other much more uh, pleasurable vices. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, she basically called it a pro-Russian rally and just said it was... <laughs> well, you know, her name is Russia Maddow. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's deranged. But, um, you know, it's just typical. But it seems like all the people at the rally really uh, thought it was a good thing. And it seems like it built energy for similar movement uh, events in the future. So, I don't know. I the, the meet, it, It's just see, amazing. Did you see any actual... Were there a lot of people... There's about a few hundred at least. You know, you'd hope for a bigger turnout, but at the other, on the other hand, it's basically, you know, fringe political figures at this point that are against the the war, whether they're on the left or the right. And so it's a very well. It's like it's kind, like the beginning of the Iraq War, right? You get the same response. We have the same right. response. Yeah. Well, it is disappointing because you look at the past, you know, and in the Vietnam War, and you know, I guess we were directly involved in that war, and having U.S. people go and die and fight but there were tens of thousands of people at some of these rallies so you know i i wasn't naive i was going into it pretty sure that there were going to be a low number of turnout and uh it's not going to be tens of thousands of people but that's really not the point in my opinion for the first event it's to establish that this kind of thing is possible and is positive and that's what they did and if they continue the kind of thing that they're doing, I think it will grow, especially if people go back to um, – basically, they use these national events to gain attention right. and energy. And then they go back to their districts and organize similarly so that there's a, a local part of it too. And you can kind of build – that's how the Bernie campaign, which I was involved in, kind of formed. There was a lot of energy about national events locally, and you could organize a meeting based off of that national energy. And then three months later, that – organizing feeds into the next national event and it it, it right. builds well a big so, part of the lie the big media lie is is look it's a it's a, it's a conflict it's a war right we we went into iraq and we killed civilians right we killed plenty of civilians we, we killed plenty of women and children uh whether we whether we say we targeted them or not it happened so that kind of thing obviously will happen in this situation but putin is doing something he's very methodically methodically over a long period of time wearing ukraine down but what he's not doing obviously is bombing innocent civilians and and towns every single day because like that reporter from cnn just said look first of all look at how ridiculous this is look at how many celebrities have gone over there in, in a real war in the middle of the vietnam war where you see fucking i mean jane fonda was the only one i remember going out there and she wasn't going out there to do photo ops right she was going out there basically to protest the war these people are going out there and doing photo ops with the with the leader of the country that's supposedly being destroyed, who's the target by Putin, who's a target of Putin. And you have Ben Stiller going and doing celebrity photo ops and putting his arm around them. And this guy's doing the whatever he did, the GQ or the Esquire photo with his wife lying there in a palace. And then Biden goes there. And the reporter on CNN even said for the last five days, I haven't heard one siren. There's been one bombing. And then as soon as Biden comes out, they put the alarms on for just simply for theater. No Isn't one, it disgusting? Well, what I I'm mean, saying is if it's a real thing, why, once again, it was like with COVID. If it's a real thing, why embellish? If it's as real as you say it is, why embellish? Why the need to embellish? Well, I'll answer my own question because they're full of shit. That's why the need to embellish. You know, yeah. so it's, it's disgusting. This theater they're putting on to make it well, just like just like COVID to make something that is to make it worse than it looks for the for the public. Because well, Rahm Emanuel, uh, 
Rahm Emanuel said it himself, which is never let a good crisis go to waste, right? Absolutely. Every emergency is is a reason for emergency powers. And that's a cycle we've been on for, I mean, it didn't start with COVID, but it's certainly become more dramatic. Yes, it's been, yes, it's become more dramatic. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But what really bugs me is it's not like there's even a decade in between these lies. They're like on top of each other. Right. Every six months. Yeah. The American people don't see it. So many people don't see it. And it's either a willing ignorance, willful ignorance. They just low IQ and dumb and just believe everything they're told because it's too hard to think. I, I, I can't. I can't wrap my mind around how when they're lied to so often, they keep buying the next lie, at least for a period of time, which, which buys the liars a lot of time to lie and make money and hay over their lies before people finally catch on. They don't uh, care. If you're going to catch you, if the people are going to catch on in five, six years, they don't give a shit. They've got almost for five or six years. It, it's true. And it makes me wonder if the increasing site, like the, the smaller and smaller time between these cycles and emergencies is almost part of the plan in the sense that there's never any retribution. For example, with the Iraq WMD lie, there's never retribution for these people. In fact, they're promoted and in this media outlets that are promoting this war. So there's never any accountability. And so I think that when there's long gaps with no accountability, some kind of frustration might build up. But if they can just keep you... You know, it's like a circus act. It's like they're just juggling, right? So before you have a the ability to even really question the last event, the new event is going on, and it's it's just so immediate and overwhelming that that enough people move on, and it it does almost seem like um, a mechanism in itself to prevent any kind of accountability, whether it's in administration or the government more generally. It's um, it, it, I, th- I think it's in the simplest form. You know, I always come up with the reasons. I say, why can't people see the truth? Why can't people be critical thinkers? Why can't they do their own research? It's simply, I think it's, I think American people in general are very lazy. I think it's an, a laziness, right? So it's easy. It's simply just easier to turn on the television, your favorite channel, and believe whatever that channel tells you. I really think it's that simple. Andrew. I think you're right, mostly. I think uh, you turn on CNN or MSNBC and you just believe what that – you believe what Don Lamont is telling you. You believe <laughs> what, Rachel, what Russia Maddow is telling you. That's it. It's, why, why bother to think, right? Well, it is, it is a problem when you don't have like a preset structure of answers, right? And then you actually have to go do work and take every individual scenario for what it's worth and evaluate it on its own terms rather than – having basically prescriptions set down to you. But I think it's, it is a positive thing that less and less people are tuning into those stations, right? I think that's undeniable. They're, they're falling apart. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, CNN has in front of our ratings. eyes. Yes, yeah, CNN's terrible ratings. MSNBC, not much better. The yeah. problem is that, like you said, that people are kind of lazy. And even if they kind of come to the conclusion, like, you know, the JFK assassination is a really good example. How many people believe the official story compared to how many people have any idea of what they might actually think really was the cause and have a basis for that based in facts and research they've done. All they really can do is say, well, this official narrative, I found how this is a complete lie, but that doesn't bring me any closer to the truth. So then they just kind of fall back on the echo chamber. But I'm hoping that 
with a more diverse media where alternative media, left, right, whatever, this information is out there. It's just you kind of need almost like sense makers now to sift through all the nonsense and present people something that makes sense. And then the the question is, how do you feed that into a very partisan kind of environment where one side's going to use it against the other or turn it? I mean, in the Twitter files, this has happened a lot of a lot of Democrats are just ignoring it because they think it's a conservative thing, right? But if you could get people that were anti-partisan to just break down the facts of the Twitter files and present them, I mean, that's what our media needs. So that's, I, that's I, what I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I think that that's p- part of it. And I think, look, the way they sold this, and they knew it. The, these bastards know it. They know Americans won't – Iraq was close enough – it's close enough to Iraq war and Afghanistan where – uh, people would not accept boots on the ground, right? So they know that lingo. No boots on the ground. No boots on the ground. It's only money and weapons. No boots on the ground. And that's how they get the American people hook, line, and sinker into the thing. Yep. That's how they and did Syria. Say that, right. And, and you'll talk to people and they'll say, well, Mike, no boots on. As long as, they're, as long as they're not sending our children there, I'm fine with it. Well, our children are going to be involved in something called World War Three. okay? Your children will be killed. We'll all be dead, okay? So there will be lots of boots. Under, we'll be, all be underground eventually. That's the problem. And it's, that's how it's sold. No boots on the ground. That's how they sell something. That's how they sell giving billions of our taxpayer dollars to Ukrainians while people here in this country suffer and how they, 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 they sell this war until it becomes World War Three. It's, and, it's just yeah. Go ahead. It, it, it's just a pussified liberal worldview where it's like this half in, half out. Well, our boots aren't on the ground, but we really are standing with Ukraine. We're really we've got your back, Jack. But also, we're not letting a single American die. It's incoherent. It's pussy shit. It's people that want to pretend to be a hero, and then when it comes down to it, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to sacrifice, and that's why so many Americans they don't feel any direct connection to this war right if there was a draft where people were being sent off of course there would be well and they know they they know they can get away with it that way right right so they it's it's but it's so cowardly and uh, you know i get why the people in the pentagon and the administration make all this money do it but the the supporters the people with the ukraine flags on their fucking facebook profiles it's just like (laughs) they're so willing to have other people die for a cause they pretend to believe in it's it's actually disgusting to me because if you were to say, hey, liberal with your Ukraine flag, little uh, son, uh, he, she, they, them, Jimmy's going over to fight Ukraine, you know, even ignoring the fact that it would be World War Three, they'd suddenly have real big problems, wouldn't they? They would suddenly have real big problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, it's no cowardly. Doubt. Yeah, no, it is. It is cowardly. You're right. It is cowardly. But, you know, they got together in a room in a smoke filled room, as I like to say all the time, and they said, OK. How are we going to sell this shit? Uh, Americans will not go for it's been it's you, you know it's 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 too too quick on the heels of Iraq and Afghanistan. Americans will never go for sending any of our soldiers over there. How are we going to sell it? Sell it with no boots on the ground, no boots on the ground, just just some money, just some money. We have a very we have a big military budget. Just give them some of that money. It's okay, and that's how they sell it, and that that's how they that's how they win the PR war, right? That's how they win the PR war. But like you can't win problem, a real war like that, though, and it's just going to extend it. Right. Well, I think our side needs to make the point, especially the, the, the biggest point here, 
is that this could very well lead to World War Three. OK, this could very well lead to World War Three. And now with China's involvement, it makes it even more of a possibility. It's not even, you know, I don't believe in fear and hysteria. And at the beginning, when people were talking about World War Three, I was like, nah, nah, because, you know, Putin's not going to do anything. But it doesn't he doesn't have to do anything. It's just China's involvement. And now all, look, look at all the tension that's been built over the last few years with us in China. Right. With the balloon, yeah. the spy balloon, the TikTok, And that's working up to a fever pitch. Look, it's all it's all coming. It's all there are bad things that are too many bad things are happening at the same time. Right. It's a bad stew right now. So if China gets involved and takes Putin's side and starts fighting this war, that basically basically that becomes a world war, doesn't it? Well, it, that's what Zelensky himself said. And it, are you familiar with Michael Tracy's reporting at all? Because I ha- went, yes, absolutely. I've seen a lot of his stuff. Yeah. He went to the Munich conference last year and this year. And one of the things that is a trend now is that they're saying NATO is an anti – they want to move NATO into Asia to, to basically gear up for exactly what you're talking about, which is a – two-pronged conflict it's going to be it's not even going to be a world war in the sense that we would traditionally understand it because we're going to have conflict with china and conflict with russia which are the two major powers other than us and they're they're not going to have conflict with each other they're going to be working against us (laughs) so that's where this is headed and this is the plan by the people that run nato this is the think tank people coming together thinking that they can fight a two-front war and we've got to gear up nato to prepare against China. So I don't understand how they think they're going to do this without direct military involvement, because that's, and Mike, I know this may sound crazy, but I think they're going to push for NATO involvement in Ukraine. And I don't mean necessarily Biden. I think that there are, maybe it is Biden, but there are certain ideological uh, factions in the United States government. I call them neocons. And they basically believe in U.S. hegemony at any cost. Mm-hmm. And if they see that this is no longer working, just, you know, we can sell it politically, no boots. But look at what's happening. Look at what's yeah. happening to Ukraine. They're losing. And they're going to keep losing. And if it gets real bad, they don't have any more options. They don't have any more sanctions. They don't have any more special toys to ship off. There's going to be one last option, which is send in NATO. And... There are going to be people pushing for that, unironically and seriously, because Ukraine is about to get its ass kicked in the coming months, and they don't have any aid coming. That's why Biden went over there with air raid, is to reassure Zelensky, hey, hey, I know, we're going to send you 2 million rounds of ammunition, 700 tanks. And Zelensky goes, well, what's coming in the next couple of months? Well, 14 tanks. So what are they going to do? They have one last option, and that's try to push for NATO intervention. And it's even more true if you think somehow NATO is going to take on Russia and China, both. They can't do it at the same time. They can't. There's, that's, that's insane. So they have to take out one before moving on to the other. I think that's really the thought process here. So, I mean, unless we have people in America that make the United States government realize that the existential threat is not losing hegemony in Ukraine, but, you know, the people popularly revolting to overthrow this government, then I don't see a path away from escalation because they're like a dog with a bone. Yep. 
Absolutely. Right. Sorry yeah. for that rant. No, no, you're 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 hundred percent you're hundred percent right. And it's the like I said, the reality of what's going on there is it's being overblown. Like I said, it's becoming political theater to the point that it will it will cause a real world. It will cause World Correct. War Three. Right. So it's that's what happens. You see, when you start pushing a lie so much, right? And it, be, it, it starts with a small lie, right. right? It starts with a small lie, no boots on the ground. Oh, we're just going to, we're helping the, the little guy beat the, we're helping the David beat the Goliath, so on and so forth. Isn't that just? Isn't that a noble cause? And you b- build this up and build it up into something more than it is, and that cre- creates something that's real. Just like COVID, just like overblowing it yeah. and putting in all those mandates caused actual death and destruction, you see, that would not have happened if it wasn't built up, the fear and hysteria wasn't built up by the legacy media and our politicians and b- bad doctors, bad doctors. And the same thing is happening with this. So this conflict will, is built, being built up, is being built up into theatrical proportions, and it's actually going to cause a real horrible, destructive conflict. Yeah, the only, the only group that can prevent this is the American people. I firmly believe that. The Pentagon is not going to save us. Sure as hell Biden's not going to save us. These people are not smart enough to understand their self-interests. And like you said, this fiction that they, this political fiction, they force it so hard it becomes a reality and then they lose control of it. They're, they're playing a game where they're going to lose control and Americans are just passively sitting. So that's why I was supportive of the rally. And that's why I'm going to support, you know, I don't care if there are pro-Russians there. How does being pro-Russian negate or conflict with wanting a negotiated peace? It doesn't. So... All these smears, it's nonsense. It's from people that are making money off the war, and you know the American people have to stop it, just like they did with COVID. Eventually, they stop panicking. So maybe, maybe we'll stop. That's that's my hope. That's a good. Thanks hope. for your time, Andrew. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I really do. Thanks. All right, hey. Lance, how you? What's up, Mike, buddy? All right, what's up? Not much. Yeah, so. I'm a populist. I don't know. I don't know where you. I know you were lefty or Republican or you know right wing, but as a populist, I have to look at the polls and say nine percent approval of the media. So people get it. They know they're being lied to. Number two, you know. So at the peak of the Vietnam War, it was fifty fifty. The polls were fifty fifty, but the people that were anti war were storming the White House. They had to put literally they had to put buses around the White House to protect them. Remember that with Nixon. Henry, what do we do? They're, they might storm the gates here. They didn't have security like we do now. They didn't have that security in the White House. Anyway, okay, so, huh? No, really, go ahead, yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 so, so now it's about 50-50, okay? And so, you know, and, and everybody knows it's a joke because if you only have, if you have 50-50 in the actual polls out there, you have 90%, 9% approval of the media, Everybody knows that this war is a joke. It's being shoved down our throats. That's number one, right? And so, you know, um, what I would say is, you know, whether you're uh, right wing or left wing, right? Um, I was going to say I had a great, great, very, 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 very brief point about um, – um, The anti-war thing, and um, oh, it was right on point, Mike. Um, Did you forget it? <laughs> well, in the meantime, in the meantime, 
What do you say about 2,000 people showing up for this rally? What was it about 2,000? Yeah. Okay, Andrew wasn't sure. He had said something about hundreds, but you, was it was the number about 2,000 people? Yeah, that's somebody that was there said that. That's pretty good. 2,000 is pretty good. I mean, that's, that's better than I would have expected. You know, really? I, I better, for a mid-February, you know, anti-war rally in Washington D.C. for a war that you know, once again, we have we have no boots on the ground, right? We have no boots on the ground. Therefore, what what skin in the game do we really have? Well, at least some people are seeing the truth about this. You know, yeah. this, is, this is not the kind of war, obviously, where we're seeing Americans like Iraq or Afghanistan or Vietnam, where American soldiers are coming back dead. That's a, and that really gets people blood boiling. And that's what I was talking to Andrew about. That's how our legacy media and the big government and Biden pushed this. And the warmongers pushed this, which is no boots on the ground. So well, it's just money. It's just right. money. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about right. it. Oh, yeah. I remember the other point. Now, there's no question that um, like the, the wars in Yugoslavia, everything was tense but quiet until it wasn't. There was a powder keg that just blew up. And World War One. There was a lot of, there's a really a great album by Blue Oyster Cult called Secret Treaties. And that's what happened in Europe. There was literally a bunch of secret treaties where this one allied with this one, but they also had another ally with that one. So when A invaded C and B was in the middle, it created all this craziness. So, okay. So World War One was like that, right? That Archduke Ferdinand, he wasn't that key of a guy, but up, it triggered all that stuff. So it was quiet on the wall on the Western front, tense but quiet. And then it, then it exploded. Yes, that could absolutely happen with the World War III thing, you know, and all that. But two things that I've been told by people that are a lot smarter than me. Number one, okay, Russia does not want a war with anyone, let alone America. And we don't want a war with China, okay? Some of the ones in the State Department do, according to Jeffrey Sachs, he, he knows his shit. Here's why. Just like there's people, 93-year-old Holocaust survivors that are chasing around 93-year-old like a, a Nazi a prison guard. They literally are. Some of those people are still alive. And guess what? There's still a few World War II vets in, from Russia as well as America still alive, a few. Right. Very fresh in their memory that they lost 20 million soldiers and 10, 30 million total with the sieges and the starvation in World War II. Russia is not in a hurry to have any kind of big war. Okay, they're just not. They just don't. They're just, too, they're just not into it. They're not going to get the people to do it. They already have a lot of desertion, number one. Number two, China. My dad said this. He said, forget about oil at the peak of the, you know, Reagan era. He, we're going to have wars over water. My dad was so wise for his education. He, he put it crudely, World War II vet. He said, China, China can march soldiers four abreast to the sea and never run out of soldiers. Now, okay, they have a low birth rate. This is a city that, this is a country that if they want to, they build whole 20 million, 20 million people into a city, high tech city. Right. Not a bunch of starving people, homeless people. No, people that are going to generate economy. They know what they're doing. They create 20 million populace, population cities in a matter of years. So if America, anybody with half a brain in the Pentagon knows that if they want to ramp up, just like we did in World War Two, quick point, we had to have wooden cutouts of tanks with camouflage so that they, just to pretend. Lance. Lance. Are you there, Lance? Lance? We lost Lance. We lost Lance. Where'd you go, Lance? Your your little your little piggy avatar is still there, but you're not there. All right, I'll leave you on so if, you, if you happen to come. Just talk at any time. Interrupt me at any time. Um, but yes, you know, once again, the, the selling, 
he got he got what run over by a what a wooden tank <laughs> um uh <laughs> the selling of it's the selling it's the selling baby it's the selling of the virus right let me make it very clear it's the selling it's the selling of the war that's what it is. And when you sell, so look, any salesman, look at that crazy guy, Lindell. My pillow, I got my pillow 2.0. It feels great. It's cooling and it warms. I mean, you have a, a, pro, a real product, right? The pillow is a real. I, I like Mike Lindell. I don't think he's lunatic. But, um, you, you know, you, you got a real product. It's a pretty good pillow. I have it. But he's got to sell it. Upsell, right? You got to sell it. You got to have stupid commercials with people who are paid to make it look like they're not paid to tell. how That's the way it goes, right? But it's fine for a pillow. I got no problem when a pillow is sold and upsold and made into a bigger deal than it is. But um, when it comes to a, a virus or like a war or a conflict, no, I'm not okay with it. This is the selling of a virus. COVID was the selling of a virus. Uh, Ukraine is the selling of a war. Okay? That's what it comes down to. That's the problem. We have snake oil salesmen selling these things to us. And, and pumping it up to be more and better and whatever it is than it really is. Okay? And this is not a small thing because, like I said, the mandates cause problems. This uh, 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 selling of this war is going to cause problems. It's going to cause bigger problems than if these people had just shut up, okay, and just stayed away. And that's the biggest issue. And, uh, you know, it, it's... it's um. It's also this this whole I have these enemies. We have to make we have to make certain people in certain countries enemies. We have to just make them enemies. And sometimes the wrong people in the wrong countries we do it to, right? Just like we had to make Iraq the enemy and pretend Iraq was nine eleven, right? Saddam Hussein, right? We made Saddam Hussein the big enemy and sold it as though he had caused nine eleven, when because he had nothing to do with nine eleven, right? Look at Gaddafi. Look at how look at with Obama and that and that that witch Hillary Clinton did to Gaddafi. All of a sudden, they made him into when he really wasn't. In fact, he was a friend of the. Right. Obama. Oh, Lance, you're back. You're back. No, I went offline for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess you heard most of that about the China and about four breasts of the sea and how we're not having a war with China anytime soon. Or? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Can you? Can, yeah, yeah. The only other thing, because I know Mike, you know, and I appreciate the fact that you'd like to rather because you have so many things important. Now, you know, in intelligence, to say, okay, I made your point. Now you want to, you don't want to have a long back and forth necessarily. But this other point would be uh, that. Um, oh well, like I was saying, like we don't, we're not, we're you know, going to have too much friendship with China. Okay, I don't know, Lance, you're. Having issues today, Lance. What's going on over there? Well, it's in the morning. I'm not super buzzed. A little bit of buzz. A little bit. You know, not really tired, but I'm only drinking up really my first glass of wine. No, but I'll remember this other point because when I glitched out, I was I was saying it. Are you a white wine guy? Lance is struggling. Yes, Lance is definitely struggling. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, the fact of the matter is that we we, we make these enemies. Well, Putin's got to be the bad guy. It's, the silliness is the black and white problem with this, right? Which is like the bad guy and the good guy. 
the evil the evil doer and the and the and the and the, and the superhero and that's the problem that's how things are sold but when they write this stuff up when they go for the sell when they write the script they know what americans go for and it's a it's like a movie culture once again i love movies i review them every friday catch my show on fridays at the end of the show i do film reviews nothing against movies but we're a culture that lives they know us the establishment the man the establishment, they know us and we're a culture that lives by the television set and the streaming and the movies. So make everything a movie script, right? The big bad guy has got to be taken down by the little guy and uh, the bigger. It's, it, this is almost like a school thing. It's like, what is it, my bodyguard, right? You have the big, you have the, you have the people, the, the, the bully and the bullier. And then there's even a, there's a bigger guy who helps the bully not get bullied. And it's all, it's all movie scripts. It's all movie scripts. Just inject country names instead of people, instead of kids. It's, 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 it's countries. Instead of humans, it's countries, right? So Russia's a bad guy. Ukraine, Ukraine's a little guy who's done everything right, never done anything wrong, no corruption, no, no Nazism, none of that stuff. They're so great, beautiful, angelic people being bullied by Putin. And yet, so then the, the other strong you know, uh, entity, the United States, has to come to the aid of, of, the, of the country being bullied. It's such garbage. It's such black and white, simplistic bullshit. But the American people go for that because that's they that's what they that's in their heads. That's their culture. That's what they live in. They live in this movie, TV, simple good guy versus bad guy world. And our politicians know that psychology. They understand that psychology. And they just play into it. Write the script, baby. Write the script, sell the war. Write the script, sell the virus. They know what works in this country. They know what the American people will go for, at least for a period of time that lets them do their evil doing. They can do evil for a, a good period of time before people catch on. And that's over and over and over again. Lance, I'll let you get the last word on this. I do want to go on to a different subject. But go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. there was actually – I remember one of them. One of the things Cy Hirsch said was that um, these guys, Biden, Biden really fucked up because the reason they were going to originally blow the thing up was to prevent – because to warn Russia not to invade. But once they already invaded, they said, okay, we don't need to do it anymore. But once we did that, we fucked up because what we said was, and this is what Jeffrey Sachs also said, he made both these points, was that eventually Germany's going to say, no, we're not going to let you freeze us out. We're not going to freeze to death or, you know, pay double or triple or freeze for all winters, the rest of the winter to help you with your war. It's going to end. He fucked up. Biden himself fucked up because he's the one that pulled the trigger. Uh, I said, yeah, let's go blow this thing up. It's like, no, Mr. President, we don't need to now. It's like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger. Right. Absolutely. No, is that about it? Absolutely. Um, thank you for that, Lance. I appreciate it. Always, always appreciate your input, Lance, whether it's after one glass of wine or seven glasses of wine. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I, I can't do more than if I have uh, two, I'm out. If I had two, if I was here drinking, let's say I was doing like a, a like one of those old variety shows, one of those old like Jackie Gleason type shows where he sits there and, you know, smokes and drinks, I, I would be out of it. If I had two glasses of wine while I was doing this, I would not, I would have no comprehension of what I was saying. So I'm a little jealous of people, although I'm glad I can't drink that much because, you know, drinks here are so expensive. You go out to a bar here and, and a glass of wine is like $17. It truly is $17. So I'm glad I'm glad my blood can't take a lot of liquor. Uh, transitioning to a guy whose blood can take a shitload of liquor, Don Lemon. I like that transition. Is that a is that a world class award winning transition I just did? 
I think so. Don Lamon, listen to this. You want to laugh? Let's have a good laugh. Let's all have a good guffaw together. You heard that Don Lamon was removed. Yes, it's a Pulitzer worthy transition. I think so. <laughs> put me up for the hey, Andrew. Can you put me up for the Pulitzer Prize? Can you do that? Can you put someone up? <laughs> um, so, uh, God, um, Don Lamont was suspended because he had said uh, that uh, Nikki Haley was not in her prime and women when they reach 50 are no longer in their prime. All right. So that supposedly got him kicked off the air. And people were thinking he might get fired, but he's a gay black man. He's not going to be fired. If I had said that, I'd be gone. If I had said that, I would be exiled to Uganda. You'd never hear from me again. Right. So Don Lemont, um, and th that's what emboldens the Whoopi Goldbergs and the Don Lemons of the world, is that their race or their gender or their, their uh, sexual orientation protects them. And so they basically dare their networks to fire them, and then they'll they'll sue. They'll scream racism or sexism, homophobia. So that's the problem. We, we're getting to the point now where I think we're going to get to the point where the opposite of wokeness is going to happen. These networks and businesses are going to be afraid to hire people who are gay or black or female because they know they can never get rid of them. So you might as well, just, you might as well hire white people because at least you can fire them. Right, you can hire white people. If they don't do a good job, you can get rid of them, and they can't sue. But a black guy or a, a, a black woman or a gay man or a gay black man or a gay black woman could sue, sue, baby, sue. So of course, Don Lamont's returning. He'll be suspended for two days. So President's Day and the day after, he'll get a couple. He'll get a four-day weekend, and then he's back on Wednesday. But wait a minute, there's more. Yeah, right. They fired Cuomo. Right, exactly. They fired. They fired Chris Cuomo with no problems he's a white guy all right so this is when the the wokeness comes back to bite the liberals in their ass because then they hire someone because of wokeness and they can't fucking get rid of them when they make a disaster out of them right so here we go don lamone's going to come back wednesday but but not all is lost he's going to undergo formal training formal what is formal training let's see let's see i can't wait to see what this means Embattled CNN host Don Lemon will return to his morning show Wednesday following an extended absence, uh, two days, amid his controversial remark, blah, blah, blah. I sat down with Don. Who, this is Chris Licht. Chris Licht is the, is the CNN boss. I sat down with Don, had a frank and meaningful conversation. He has agreed to participate in formal training, formal training, as well as continuing to listen and learn. He's going to listen and learn. We take the situation very seriously. It's important to me that CNN balances accountability with a fostering a culture in which people can own, learn, and grow from their mistakes. That and Don will return to CNN this morning on Wednesday. It's unclear whether Lemon Lamont will address the controversy to his viewers upon his air return. During Thursday's broadcast, uh, Nikki, yeah, we know what he did. Okay. Um, okay, we know what he did. I just want to get what this formal training is. I don't think we know. No, there's no... There's no, there's no mention of what formal training is. Anyone know what formal training is? I have no idea. What's formal training? To be formal? To talk more formally and not off the cuff? Is that what formal training is? Just just read off the teleprompter? Is that formal training? I don't know what formal training is. I know what, I've heard of like sensitivity training. Is it the same thing? It's basically saying we gave him a slap on the wrist. He's going to go into rehab. Uh, but we can't fire him because he's a gay black man. That's basically they might as well, licked, licked. Shouldn't should have 
added to that and uh and said we can't fire him because he's a black gay man and just been honest about the whole situation oh lord but but also worst i don't really give a shit if don lemon a gown is involved is a gown involved daniel is that right uh um, is it, is, is it the gown where it's not tied in the back, only in the front? Those, those gowns where you tie it in the front, but the back is open. That might be it. Maybe that's why his last name is Licked. <clears throat> but I digress. Um, moving along. Uh, this is why Don Lemon can say all the crappy shit he wants on the air, all the dumb shit he wants. I really don't care. It, it just proves he's an idiot. But there are a lot of stories that are backed up by uh firsthand accounts that he treats people like shit off the air that's a big that's the bigger problem that he thinks he's hot shit and he know but he knows he knows he can probably he could probably do like sexual molest he could probably like sexually uh grope people he could probably do whatever the fuck he wants he can scream we know he screams at people off the air he gets mad um he treats people like shit he's abusive because he's a gay black man and never fire him doesn't ever fire him so that's a problem these people are so emboldened now, these woke hires, that they know they've got the boss by the balls. They know they've got the boss by the balls. So the best thing is not to hire them in the first place. Because once you hire them, you, you can't get rid of them. No matter what they do, no matter how poorly they, uh, they, 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 they act, either, no, no matter how shit of a job they do and how poorly they treat people, you cannot get rid of them. So let the left keep doing this and CNN's ratings will continue to plummet because someone like Don Lamone is continuing to be on the air because they cannot get rid of the man. And he knows it. He knows it. Uh, what else? Uh, there's two other stories I want. Tomorrow, actually, I found I found the article I wanted to read. And it's the New Yorker. But, it's you know, the New Yorker, right? You know, I used to read Pauline Kael's film reviews in the New Yorker, but they were like, I've never seen film reviews. You can buy one of her books, which they're like eight page long film reviews. And everything in the New Yorker is incredibly long. So I don't want to get into it now, but it's written by David Remnick. This was written two days ago, three days ago. It's how the war in Ukraine ends. And this is basically about um, uh, how they're not doing well, Ukraine, how they're, how they're, how they're basically losing. They're losing big time. So I'll read this tomorrow, at least some of it. Because this is an interesting take in a very extreme left-wing publication, The New Yorker, about the actual reality on the ground in the Ukraine. I'll, I'll read that tomorrow. I'll save this, make sure I don't forget it. And maybe we'll lead with this tomorrow. Uh, and I, oh, oh, yes, okay. This is something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, maybe I'll get to this tomorrow. Well, prosecutor... Yeah, okay. What I want to talk about right now, though, is the Roald Dahl. Have you heard about this? The Roald Dahl. This is another thing. So we have formal training for Don Lemont, right? Yes, it, right. Formal training for Don Lemont. And we have sensitivity readers now, okay? We live in a world where this formal training, formal training given to assholes to try to make them not an asshole anymore, which is impossible. And then we have sensitivity readers, what sensitivity – I had never heard of these people until this Roald Dahl thing happened. But, you know, Roald Dahl wrote the children's books. You know, really, uh, James and Giant Peach. The big one, of course, is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so on and so forth. Matilda. You know, these, these very uh, absurdist uh, children's books. 
um, a very unique writer. And they have now discovered that some of his language he uses is it's too insensitive for our times. It's too insensitive. So they have sensitivity readers. You see, this is the thing, baby. Instead of call, instead of calling them censors, they call them sensitivity readers. Okay. Orwell wasn't as brilliant as Orwell was. He wasn't brilliant enough to come up with this. Right. Sensitivity readers are censors. They're, they're, they're fascist censors. But they're called sensitivity readers, and their job is to take out words that they deem insensitive for the eyes of of the uh, of the uh, the twenty first century, twenty first century eyes. The third decade of the twenty first century is when a lot of this is starting. So, <laughs> Salman Rushdie responded. Salman Rushdie responded to the. Changes the Royal Dahl books, calling them absurd censorship. And actually, I want to before I get into that one, I should probably go over some of the words that they've they've changed. Um, and it's 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 really stupid shit. It really is. It's like you can't use the word fat, right? You can't use the word silly or stupid. You can't. Oh, you can't use the word man. The Oompa Loompas. You, you can't call them small men. You have to call them small people, even though they were all men. They were all men. They were all male. But you can't call them small men. You got to call them small people because some of the Oompa Loompas may have – some of the Oompa Loompas that Roald Dahl wrote about that we saw in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory may have uh, been transgender, may have identified as something other than male 70 years, 60 years ago. How, how insane is this? How fucking insane is this world we are living in now? This This clown car – world that we're living in now it is absolutely insane leading the criticism was award-winning author salman rushdie who was viciously stabbed last summer at an event in western new york where all doll was no angel but this is absurd censorship the author who was in hiding for a decade after iranian supreme leader ayatollah ruhollah khomeini uh issued a fatwa calling for his death on Fox News. Someone, uh, one of the reporters on Fox News said that we can't call it a fatwa anymore. We have to call it a skinny wa, which I think is hilarious. Then added the publisher Putin. Yeah, okay. Should the publisher Puffin and the Dahl estate should be ashamed. ashamed. Dahl's publisher and the raw Dahl story company hired sensitivity readers to rewrite large sections of the late author's text to ensure his work will continue to be enjoyed by today's more progressive audiences. Much the disappointment of many. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak also questioned revisions. His spokesperson told reporters the Prime Minister agreed with what the BFG that we shouldn't gobble funk around with words, the Times UK reported. Dahl's beloved children's books, such as Charlie and Chocolate Factory, James the Giant Peach, both of which describe characters as fat or ugly, will soon be cleansed. Words matter begins at the bottom of the copyright page of Puffin's latest editorials of Raoul Dahl's books. The wonderful words of Raoul Dahl can transport you to different worlds and introduce you to the most marvelous characters. This book was written many years ago, and so we regularly review the language to ensure it can continue to be enjoyed by all today. English comedian David Badiel weighed on the subject on Twitter, sharing a side-by-side -side comparison of one of the changes in the twits. An earlier 2001 version reads, you can have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth. 
The newer version, meanwhile, makes no mention of a double chin. Here, double chin has been cut, presumably to avoid fat shaming. I want to stop there for a second. What's wrong with fat shaming? I, I don't understand. But what about, should we fat? No, what we do in this country, we don't fat shame. We, we, we promote fat. We promote fat. We do. We, we promote being fat. We don't shame it. We, we, we uphold it. We say, you know, if someone wants to be fat and they want to identify as fat, they're allowed to be fat. No, people should, we should encourage fat. If you believe in fat, if you want to be fat, enjoy it. Get diabetes, die at a young age, but that's your choice to be fat. We should not fat shame. This, this is what they believe now. Uh, but, 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 once you start on this path, you can end up with blank pages, Badio noted in his tweet. Suzanne Nossel, the CEO of Pen America, wrote on Twitter that she and others in the literature human rights organization were alarmed by the changes. The problem with taking license to re-edit classic works is that there's no limiting principle. You start out wanting to replace a word here and a word there and end up inserting entirely new ideas, as has been done to Dahl's work, she noted. Literature is meant to be surprising and provocative. That's part of its potency. By setting out to remove any reference that might cause offense, you dilute the power of storytelling. Nossel then offered a solution, writing, better than playing around with these texts to do to offer introductory context that prepares people for what they're about to read and helps. OK, rather better than playing around with these texts is to offer introductory context that prepares people for what they are about to read and helps them understand the setting in which it was written. Other changes made to Dahl's works include making Oompa Loompas once called small men gender neutral. New additions to the books will call Willy Wonka's chocolate factory workers small people. Similarly, the witches, which contains a section saying witches are bald beneath their wigs, now has a new disclaimer. There are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. So the witches, the witches weren't bald. The witches were bald because they were going through chemotherapy. And, you know, some of these witches might have been going through chemotherapy. So that, that's why. Dahl's publisher, Puffin, and the Royal Dahl Story Company made the changes in conjunction with Inclusive Minds, a collective of people who were passionate about inclusion and accessibility in children's literature. The Royal Dahl Story Company insisted the changes were necessary for a modern audience, and they'd have no impact on the author's voice. Our guiding principle throughout has been to maintain the storylines. Even so, Dahl's biographer, Matthew Dennison, said he's almost certain the late author would have recognized that alterations to his novels prompted by the political climate were driven by adults rather than children. And that is the point, as one critic made so aptly on Fox News, uh, is that Raul Dahl's books are written from a children's eye before interview. It's a children's perspective. And children don't give a fuck about political correctness or wokeness or what works for those times, what's, what's comfortable, what's not. They, have, they don't have that ability to edit. That's the fucking point. Are these people that dumb? Are they that fucking dumb? Do they not see this wokeness is going to kill all of us? And that's not being, that's not promoting fear and hysteria. That's not selling anything. That's the truth. This is the worst shit ever. Because then this is total censorship. This is 100%. They're not sensitivity readers. They're censors. They're fascist censors. And in the past, Authors that have been alive have worked. If the author who's alive decides they want to change things in their work, they can do that and they can work with people to do that. But the point here is this guy is not alive to say, no, you can't do that. He's dead. And they're taking advantage of the fact that he's dead and he can't protest. What's going on?
Boy, the um, mercenary media sure has um, made uh, a lot of people its bitch, hasn't it? I mean, just oh. think think about um, when uh, Rushdie's uh, life was it was in danger after he wrote the Satanic Verses. Who was it that? Um, uh, in, which which side of the political spectrum came out in full defense of him, saying that um, he should be able to write whatever the hell he wants? You know, um, it was left, right? <laughs> and left. now the mercenary left. media, who 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 who, admit, who has made the left its bitch, can just make anything that they want to come out of their mouths like they're you know a freaking puppet. You know, it's 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 freaking unbelievable, isn't it? It is just freaking unbelievable how they just. How it, that the media just controls the side of the political spectrum now. It whatever the media says, they repeat it. We we my my kids and I read every I read every single Raoul Dahl book to them that Raoul made, including his very first um, uh, publication um, that he ever wrote that appeared in I can't remember what magazine, and it was total crap. It was really awful, <laughs> um, but it was a lesson for my kids. Um, that um, that uh, genius is sometimes uh, in, in, in little pockets, and um, he, when it came to serious writing, he just re- released in his very first attempts, just really, really, really sucked. And it was a lesson to them: just you know, keep trying, find your niche. And and you know, and then I read read to them the, all the rest of the Raw Dahl books, and they just they just absolutely loved them. Um, Danny, the um, what was it called? Danny, the uh, greatest in the world or Danny, the champion of the world or something like that. Right. Yes. Oh, they laughed so hard at that book when, when all those, um, when all the birds, um, what were they? Were the geese? Um, no crap. Anyway, um, when, when all these birds that that had been tranquilized come flying out of this baby carriage, (laughs) toward the end of the book, they were just, well, they were busting up in tears over this stuff. It was so funny. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't offended at things like fat and ugly and. and uh, of course things. not. They they were. Yeah, they were in stitches all the all the time reading those. But Ra- those books. but that the, the point that person makes about Raoul Dahl, if he knew this was happening, he'd be right. These changes are being made by adults who are offended, not children who are offended. The exactly. children aren't offended. The adults are offended. Exactly. And I've read some of the the changes that they made. Believe me, kids are gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be listening to this, and they will pick up the change in tone. They will pick up that hey, this doesn't fit in here. <laughs> the, 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 the the language that's being used, everything. This isn't Raul Dahl speaking at this point. They're gonna pick up on it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird um, moment for a lot of kids when they when they run into this wokeness in in, in his books. It's going to be. And, 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 you know, I don't know how far they can, they can get with this sort of nonsense because there's going to be doll books all over the place and, in in public libraries all over the place and, and in uh, school rooms, et cetera. So who knows how far they, they can get publishing this, this crap. But, um, but, but yeah, they're, they're wonderful books. And like I said, Rushdie um, was being upheld as a champion of free speech. And here, here we are, you know, t- t- uh, what is it, 30, 40 years later, and the mercenary media within a matter of that time had, had flipped the li- liberals' um, perspective on free speech in so many ways and just made, you know, 30% of our population their bitch. And it's just unfucking believable to me. Anyway, that's all I want to well, say. Who complained, who complained, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go. You're signing off. 
sign off, sign off. Or they're birthing loompas. I don't know. They could, they could be birthing loompas now. And uh, this is the thing. Once again, this, this is, these are insane liberals. They're insane people who want to inflict their insanity on the rest of us. That's basically what it is, right? These are insane people who simply want to inflict their insanity on the rest of us and want to make us all insane along with them. I don't, did anyone, no one even complained about this. Not that I would give a shit if they did, but no one complained. This is just people at like the book companies saying it's like, it's like they have nothing better to do. It's nothing better to do. Like they wake up one day and go, oh, I'm offended. I, I'm sure there are millions of people who are offended by Rawls' language. We need to change it. We, we need to show how woke we are. We need to virtue signal how woke we are. We need to virtue signal how, how woke we are. That, 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 and that's what it comes down to. And we're allowing these people to, to systematically destroy our culture. It's amazing. The left screaming over, over – listen, listen to this. The left is screaming over Russia, not just the left, but many people on the left, are screaming over Russia systematically destroying Ukraine and getting what they want. They have no problem with our, our culture, our society being systematically destroyed by these wokesters. That they don't care at all about. They don't care at all about that. That doesn't matter. When that is what's going to be the real destruction, that's the real war we're waging now is against this incredibly sick wokeness that wants to change language in books, that wants to get rid of jokes. You can't tell certain jokes. There's a, a good special on Fox Nation about the death of comedy. And it's very many comedians talking about how they can't tell jokes anymore. They can't, they simply can't tell jokes anymore. Because everyone's so offended by everything. If you're offended, don't go to the fucking stand-up comic. Don't go to see a stand-up comic. Don't go to the comedy store. Don't read the fucking Raw Dahl book. Don't give it, don't read it to your kid if you think it's offensive. But don't change the words. Don't when you get into the censorship, you're going down that slope. I say slippery slope. We've already slid down. We're already all the way down the slope. This is what's happening now. And to cover it up, they call them sensitivity readers instead of censors. These are Orwellian censors. There's one thing I wanted to end on. I was just reminded. Bernie Sanders is so full of shit. So now he wrote this book about, you know, another one of his ridiculous books about how capitalism is evil. And what does he do? He's charging $95 for the good seats to go see him. (laughs) <laughs> to go see him promote a book. He's using capitalism to promote his book, to make money while he condemns capitalism and is confronted on the issue, at least in a soft way on, I believe it was CNN about how, uh, well, you know, if you're, if you're like denouncing capitalism, people are wondering why it's $95 to come see you. Well, you know, they, that's the book company and the book company does the thing. And I got to, I got to play into the game. I have to play the game. Well, okay. So you they didn't follow up. The reporter said something like, okay, you have to play their game. He said, yes. So you have to play the game of capitalism. Yes. And you're, and you're, that, that question wasn't asked. That would be my follow-up. So Bernie, you're saying you need to play the game of capitalism, but you're condemning capitalism. So why play the game? 
if, if, you're, if you're actually truthful, right? If you're real, you're not a fake phony fraud like you are, Bernie, then don't write a book or write a book and give it away free. Write a book and then go to bookstores around the country using your own money, using your own, that's socialism, use your own money, not making any money, don't, 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 don't make any money off the people because that's capitalism. So go to bookstores around the country and just read for free and give the book out for free because you want, you are so into condemning capitalism that you'll spend your own money, you won't make any money and you'll promote this for free and you'll give people this great book about ending capitalism. But no, he's going to make he's going to make millions off it, like he's made millions off his other books. Because he's a hypocrite, just like he was a hypocrite during covid, just like he was a fucking hypocrite. Mr. Big Farmer's evil. Big Farmer's evil. They're evil. And then three years, he fucking said nothing about Big Pharma. He fucking promoted the vaccine. He never spoke out against jab number three, four or ten. He never spoke out about giving the jabs to fucking infants. He never spoke about any of it because he's a fucking phony. He says what's good for him and what makes him money and what makes him popular among his fucking moron followers, who I used to be a moron follower, but luckily I've seen the light. I broke free of that cult. I broke free of the cult of Bernie. But this thing with the book is the same fucking hypocrisy he did it with Big Pharma. He denounces capitalism and then he makes money off of it. He denounces Big Pharma and then he sucks their asses. Sorry, I'm getting mad. Sorry. I know Daniel's like, Mike, Mike, <laughs> watch your language, Mike. All right. He licks their balls. Sorry. <laughs> For three years. Says nothing. Nothing. Not once has he come out and said they lied about the efficacy. Not once has he come out and said they lied about the safety. Not once has he denounced pharma for lying to make money. Not once has he talked about how they've made record profits off these vaccines. Not once has he talked about how their stocks have gone up while everyone else's portfolios and 401ks have gone down over the last three years. Yes, he's a betrayer. Yes, that's why. I have the right to be extra angry. Yes, I have the right to be extra angry. Because he's a betrayer. Et tu, Bernie? Et tu, Bernie? Yes. I have the right. Because I was fooled and I'm mad. Partly at him and partly at myself. But it's everything about him is, is hypocrisy. Denouncing Big Pharma and then sucking up to them for three years. Denouncing capitalism and then making money off a book. It's all, it's all total hypocrisy. It's all total hypocrisy. And of course, he's against, he's against people his age having to take mental uh, capacity tests to become president. Of course he is. Of course he is. Because he'll probably run again. How disastrous is that? Is he going to run again? Well, I guess if Biden runs, he's not going to. But if Biden doesn't run, I guarantee you he will. I have to give Bernie this credit. I think he would pass that test. I think Biden would fail it, which is why they haven't given it to him. But I think Bernie would pass it. And that's a problem. He is, he's all there, and yet he's such a fucking hypocrite. He's knowingly a hypocrite. He's not a, he's not a hypocrite because of dementia. He's a hypocrite that's what he's always been. 
people who are there to promote themselves. Simply to promote themselves. And our media is so in on it. Our media is, is our journalists, our journalists are such an, are such an enemy of the people and, and so horrible doing their jobs that they don't hold them accountable for any of this. And it's so easy. I mean, fucking journalism 101, baby. Bernie, you, you, the whole, your whole two campaigns were about how evil Big Pharma was. What happened between 2020 and now? Bernie, your whole campaign was about how evil capitalism is. How many books have you sold over the last decade? It's so easy. It's so easy. They can't even do that much because they're pathetic because they're the enemy of the people and they don't want the truth coming out. They don't want to hold people's feet to the fire whose feet to the fire they should hold. They don't want to do it. They love their narrative. They're liberals and they want the liberal narrative to win out. That's what they want. They want their narrative. Forget facts. Forget evidence. Forget forget reality. Forget truth. Forget justice. Forget the Constitution. They want their narrative to win out. That's it. Andrew is saying some good things. Let me read them before I sign off here. His campaign will be nothing closer to, well, yeah, no. I mean, it, he said nothing about, yeah, well, his campaign in, you know, in, in, I don't know. His campaign in 2020, it was 2016. It was kind of say, it was kind of similar. It wasn't, it wasn't quite the energy, but yes, there would be no, uh, I actually know Bernie supporters who at least the last I spoke to him, it's been a while since they canceled me, said they wouldn't want him running a third time. So who knows? Uh, he said nothing about the war. No, nothing about the war either. You're right. Good point, Andrew. The war. Nothing about Ukraine. In fact, he just votes to give them more and more money. You know who doesn't? Well, who didn't and still speaks out against it is Tulsi Gabbard. So Bernie's a, a, a hypocrite on every fucking level possible. Yeah, he's anti-war. He's anti-big pharma. He's anti-capitalism. And yet he feeds into all of it. Come on. And he makes money off all of it. Stop. He's a total phony. How did I ever buy? What's wrong with me? How did I ever buy into the Andrew, what's wrong with you? <laughs> How did we ever buy into this? I don't know. I don't know. We have to do that. One day I'll do that. It'll be like, uh, yeah, it was a different time. You're right. It was a different time. We'll have to do like a little like a group se- group therapy session one day. I'll do- one show we'll do a group therapy session with all former burners. And we'll try to figure out what happened. We'll, find- we'll try to figure out psychologically what happened there. It's good because then we can learn. Yeah, we can learn in the future. You know, you know, like hi, I'm hi, I'm Mike, and I used to be a Bernie supporter. And you can handle. Hi, I'm Andrew, and I used to be a Bernie supporter. We can go one by one, and we can discuss, and we can figure out, and we can learn from each other. It'll be therapy. It'll be group therapy. Why am I whispering? I don't know. Um, there's a lot to talk about. But I don't want to keep going forever. There's, oh, what isn't the when's the election? When's the election for mayor? Is it tomorrow or is it next week? Is that tomorrow or next week? Lightfoot. 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 When's, when's the election? I'm looking up. It's either this week or next week. But it doesn't look like she's going to win. Thank God. But, you know, it's not like it's any better, right? Chicago will vote in like New York did. They'll vote in new boss, same as the old boss, right? But it doesn't look like she's going to win because God forbid they should vote for a Republican who would – God forbid they would vote for a Republican who wants to keep them alive. No, no, you can't do that. You can't, we can't vote for a Republican who wants to keep us alive. No, it's impossible. No, no, Trump, Trump. People are fucking crazy. They really are. Who's Velas? Velas? Lightfoot Velas. Uh, oh, Lightfoot Garcia and Velas. I see. I see. 
Well, I don't get, oh, two weeks. It's still two. What, when was this written? One week. Next week. Next week is the, is the election. Um, these polls are ridiculous. The guy, the person winning has 19%. How do you, wait a minute. The person who can win, how do you win with 19%? 20% undecided. But there are several candidates. It looks like the person that wins might get 30% of the vote. So seven out of 10 people are going to vote against the person. It's so ridiculous. Hey, that's Chicago, baby. That's the Windy City. But it looks like it's going to come down between Lightfoot, Garcia, and Valas. But she's third right now in the polling. How can anyone vote for her? Well, I know why they vote for her. It's uh, obvious. It's skin deep. It's skin deep. Um, but, the, it, but they'll vote for some. Is, is Valas any good, Andrew? Is Valas any good? Or is he like, is it like Adams replacing de Blasio? Is it like, you know, is it like London Breed, you know, coming after Newsom and, and Ed Lee? Uh, well, he's outside. Okay, he's outside the usual system. That's good. We'll see. But Bernie claimed he was outside the usual system, too. And we, we fell for that. We fell for that crap. So we'll talk about that. That's next week. Tomorrow I am going to read um, the story about the, the war in Ukraine. I'm also going to read a story about more about the MSU shooter who wasn't prosecuted because of another liberal DA, Soros DA, who let the guy out, and he ends up killing people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't have any – I don't have any – any respect for or any faith in voters in blue cities like San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, New York. I have no, they're, they're too much of a democratic cult and they'll go down with the cult. Everyone will be destroyed. Like the cults end up, end up, you know, everyone will end up dead or being murdered or killing themselves in a cult. And that's what will happen to people in Democrat run cities because they can't simply they can't get outside that Democrat cult. So the, the cult will destroy them as cults always do. Because they, they can't break free of it. They can't break free of it. All right. I think we had a spirited show today. Who called in? Who called in? Who called in? Uh, Andrew called in. And Daniel called in. And Lance, uh, how many sheets to the wind do we say? Four? Three? Two? I love Lance. I don't want to make fun of him. Um, I make fun of him, in, you know, into his, you know, face to face. He's not here right now. Not behind his back. Uh, so Lance... And, uh, and Andrew and Daniel and Mike's there listening. Uh, thank you all. It was a good Monday show. There's a long way to go. By the way, I'll, 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 I will promote this every show this week. Next Monday, the 27th, the show will air earlier. Okay, so next Monday, the 27th, the show will air. What time is the show airing? 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. It'll be a primetime show. I'm promoting it for a day because I'm going to have on – I learned, shockingly, not everyone has my hours. I thought everyone had my hours. I guess it's not true. So um, I, want to do, I want to do it live, so I'm going to have on John Dennis. John Dennis is the head of the San Francisco Republican Party. Yes, don't laugh. Don't laugh. San Francisco does have a Republican Party, me and him. No, a few others, but uh, I'll have him on. John ran against Pelosi the last couple of times, and I'm trying to get John to run for Senate, the for Feinstein's seat. I don't think he wants to do it. But who knows? Who knows? But I'll have John Dennis on. We'll talk about all things San Francisco and blue cities and the problems with Democrats and everything you'll want to hear on this show. Next Monday night, it'll be a primetime show. I'll promote this all week long. Um, thank you, Dan. Thanks, Andrew. Yes, it was a good show. This show, 
is called Unless We Heard. It normally airs, as it will the rest of this week, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Uh, once again, this is Mike Kachopley reminding you that your influence counts. 